Welcome to the British American Football Coaches Association podcast, a resource designed to support both British football coaches and coaches from around the world. This podcast features special guests discussing techniques, scheme, philosophies and culture for the sport of American football to help develop and grow the game worldwide. Now here's your host, Adam Lillis. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast. We will shortly be talking to Coach Brennan Marion, who is currently the wide receivers coach at the University of Hawaii. Before we start, a quick reminder to BAFCA coaches about the BAFCA Virtual Clinic, featuring a number of great coaches, such as Coach Noel Mazzone, who is the offensive coordinator at the University of Arizona. These clinics will be starting at 6 o'clock on Friday the 24th of April and Friday the 1st of May. Ensure you book your tickets through the BAFCA Eventbrite page as this is sure to be a great event. For now, let's get talking to Coach Brennan Marion. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Adam Lillis. I'm delighted to be joined today by the wide receivers coach of the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Coach Brennan Marion. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on today. No, thank you. Uh, looking forward to talking more about the offense that you've created and about your experiences. So before we get into all of that, um, in case some of the listeners might not know who you are, why don't you give us an introduction on um, how you got into football, where you played, and then how you progressed into coaching and how you've ended up at the University of Hawaii? Uh, well, for me, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, if you know anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously the football culture is, is really strong in Pittsburgh. We have a championship culture where, you know, every every boy is expected to play football when you grow up in Pittsburgh. Um, so that's kind of been my life since I was five years old. I've always been the kid who, you know, loved the game, playing it outside, playing it with my army men when I was little. I mean, just anytime I could do football, get around football, talk football, see anything football, it's always kind of been been my deal throughout growing up um you know got a chance to go play I went to junior college first I went to junior college out in California played receiver out there did really well and got an opportunity to go to play at the University of Tulsa for uh Todd Graham who's now the head coach at Hawaii uh coach Malzon who's the head coach at Auburn was the offensive coordinator and then coach Norvell my receiver coach uh, at the time, he's the head coach of Florida State now. So I uh, got a chance to be around some great people, learn a lot of great things uh, there, and then, you know, went to the uh, Dolphins, uh, actually got hurt when I was in the NFL. Um, but Carl Durrell was my receiver coach, and now he's the head coach of Colorado. So I've been blessed to be around a lot of great football minds and, and learn, learn the game from some great coaches that went on to do great things. And then um, – you know, after that kind of ended, I got into coaching, um, and that kind of changed me. I think, you know, when you talk about being a football player, it's all about you and, you know, trying to get all your goals done, accomplish your goals and dreams, and help your team win games. Um, but when you become a coach, it's all about just helping every single person you come in contact with, assisting them get to their goals and dreams. And um, me growing up, I also played basketball, and I was a point guard. So I really believe coaching is just like being a point guard. It's just always about the assist, always getting the right guy the ball and trying to help them, you know, score. Um, so that's what I've been able to do as a coach. And 
you know, really just been blessed to coach because I really say, you know, I live by saying that I have tattooed on me that says, thank God for the ball to save my life. Been through a lot of rough things in my life and football's kind of been the thing that's always gotten me through. So, you know, I love the game and anytime I can talk about the game and help somebody grow and be better in the game, you know, I always try to take that opportunity. And how did you progress from uh, playing in the college and the NFL levels into your coaching? What was your entry route? Um, basically, when I was hurt, I was rehabbing my knee out in California. And one of my friends was like, you should go help out this high school program down the street. They need some help. Um, a coach kind of, you know, gave me an opportunity. I wasn't really ready to be a coach yet. I was still kind of focused on being a player. And from day one, those guys just looking at me like I was, you know, like a somebody and listening to every word I was saying and falling off of every word and taking the coaching and mentoring guys and having kids live with me that came in, you know, rough situations. Um, that kind of just changed me. I mean, I didn't even want to play football anymore. You know, I, once I started coaching, it was like, that was it. I knew I wanted, I knew what I, I found my passion, what I wanted to do, you know, my purpose for the rest of my life. And it was coaching. So, you know, I'd always known since I was a little kid that I wanted to be a coach. Um, you know, since I was five, six years old, I used to write down every single player that got drafted. Um, I used to, you know, take the kids all in my community and, and, and create teams and, we had different leagues for football, basketball, baseball, different sports. You know, I'd always been that guy who, you know, got guys together at recess and, you know, wanted to coach. Um, I just didn't think it would happen until, you know, like 10 years after I was done playing in the NFL, you know. But obviously getting hurt and then, you know, getting that opportunity while I was hurt to coach really changed my perspective and, and really brought me into my purpose now of being a coach. That's excellent. And I'm just looking at some of the places you've coached. You coached to a number of different high schools for a number of years. You were Arizona State as a quality control coach. Then you moved on to Oklahoma Baptist to do running backs. And then you spent uh, a number of years at Howard and William and Mary as an offensive coordinator. What, uh, can you tell us a little bit how about what those different levels are like in terms of the way you approach yeah, so, coaching? Yeah, so I've coached every level. Um, except for Division Three, so I've coached JV, I've coached Little League, I've coached high school, I've coached middle school kids, I've coached junior college, uh, FCS, FBS, um, and Division Two, and NAI. I don't know if I said that one, but yeah, pretty much coached all the levels. And you know, the one thing that holds true at all the levels is kids want to be connected with. You know, you got to make sure you reach them at their level. You know, it's it's not about, you know, trying to talk over them or outsmart them or, you know, that type of deal. It's more of trying to reach them where they're at and then try to elevate their standards um, and give them something to shoot for, raise them to high expectations. I always say nobody ever rose to low expectations. Um, so you want to speak victory to them. Um, but they also want to be demanded on what to do and correct it. Um, and I think I've been able to do that at all levels. And that's kind of how I've rose is just taking care of the players, you know, anything that the player needs, just making sure that the player's okay. You know, a lot of times people think it's about, you know, how much football knowledge you have and, you know, yes, that's important. Um, but at the same token, you have got to be a guy who understands relationships and can connect to these players and teach them and develop them, you know, and then also give them that insurance that, you know, 10 years down the road or five years down the road, I still have players reaching out to me, 
um, asking for help and asking for certain things and saying thank you to me that I coached years and years ago uh, from the relationships that I built with them. So um, that's been one of the things that's kind of catapulted me up the ladder. Um, you know, and then as far as I think every day, I think what guys are learning right now in this downtime is every day that they should be learning and growing within the game, teaching themselves. And I think I've been able to do that, you know, not having an ego and learning from every person that I've come in contact with, even if I don't like what they say, I'll still take the information and take notes. You know, I've, I've been a, you know, I say you have to be a, a note taker and a risk taker. You know, I take notes on everything and everybody that I come in contact with, whether, whether it be uh, development, motivational, and administrative work, uh, coaching, teaching, anything that I can get that will help, you know, a player grow or help me grow, I'll take notes on. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm willing to take risks. You know, I've, every job that I've taken, um, except for this Hawaii job, I mean, you've got to think that uh, William & Mary was the worst offense in the country when I took that job. Howard, same thing. Uh, you know, Oklahoma Baptist, same thing. When I was a high school head coach, I took over the two worst programs in the state as a head coach. And, you know, with great people around me, surrounding me and helping me, you know, we were able to, to flip those and, and, be, and, and get the team in the right direction. So um, you definitely got to be willing to take risks. A lot of guys – you know, aren't willing to take those risks, you know, when it comes down to it. And, and when you're willing to take those risks, you know, usually you get catapulted up if you can, if you can make it happen. So just on that note, then, if you're uh, moving to teams that perhaps don't have the, the best history or recent history, I should say, and you're willing to take those risks, what sort of things are you thinking about when you're taking those jobs on? And what sort of things were you implementing that made him so successful going forward i just feel like my, my whole life my whole life story has been a guy who's overcame hard times and tough times and i never really you know when people are thinking about the excuses and all that i'm just finding ways to execute you know i think adversity can be your biggest accomplishment you know your biggest advantage is your adversity i, I like to take the hard job and the tough task and I think the first thing you have to do when you change, when you get into any situation and scenario is first, you have to embrace the culture. A lot of people say change the culture, but if you don't know the culture, you're not going to be able to change the culture. So what I've been able to do is, you know, and the coaches that have been around me, we've been able to uh, learn the culture of the players of where we go first, ask them, you know, what's the culture here? What's the culture been like? What, what are some things that you guys, wish that would be different and then you have to find out what the player's end goal is you know um what is the end goal you want to lift up a championship trophy you want to be an all-american you want to go to college you know whatever go to the nfl whatever that nugget is whatever that carrot is and then ultimately when you get that out on the table then you can change the culture and elevate the standard so now now we can change the culture and talk about where we're going to go and then we put a process, procedures, and steps in place to do that every day. You know, so we're not going to talk about the championship every single day. We're just going to have championship habits every day, right? We're going to go one and know every day. We're going to try to maximize our days, maximize the opportunities, win that day, uh, be very productive that day, do everything that we can because we know what our end goal is in the back of our mind, right? So we're going to start with the end in mind when we first meet. 
and we're going to put that all on the table and then we're going to start to write the movie each day right and and that's kind of that's kind of the the way that we've approached it everywhere i've been is just you know start with the end in mind learn their culture and then change the culture elevate the standard and w- when you do that you know kids really love that they're they're accountable to that all co- coaches are accountability partners to the players and you get dynamic results when that happens so you know that's that's kind of how the culture shock or shift kind of happens sure i mean that's that's some great info there and for the last uh, three or four years you've worked at Howard and William and Mary under coach Mike London who's a big name in college coaching what was it like working under him and what were some of the things that he taught you as a coach he's absolute gold I mean that that he's the soul of the earth great human being uh, one of the top people humans on this earth um, he obviously gave me an opportunity um, you know, I have nothing but great things to say about the man that, you know, Coach London is. We're, we're both cut from the same cloth. We really are in this business to help people and help them grow. Um, the one thing that I learned from Coach London is, you know, you don't have to fight fire with fire all the time. You know, uh, you're the biggest the, – my biggest strength is my passion. My biggest weakness is my passion. You know, sometimes I want everybody to get it, and, you know, I don't understand why everybody can't just get it and want to be the greatest and, you know, go for it. Um, but I learned with Coach London, you know, patience um, and not just being, you know, just you can't just be over crazy passionate about it. Sometimes you have to, you know, kind of slow down, take some steps back, get to know people, slow it down a little bit. Um, you know, everybody, everybody goes at their own pace you know, as you're trying to push the pace up and, and things like that. So I, I learned a lot of great things from Coach London. Um, but the biggest one was just, you know, how to take care of people and, you know, and, and not be so over the top all the time, you know, because he always said that, you know, I was a younger version of him, you know, and he learned over the time, over time, how to slow it down a little bit. And obviously that helped catapult him to the highest level and in, in college coaching. So, um, you know, learned a lot of great things from him. Have nothing but great things to say about Coach London and his family. Great stuff. All right, so let's start digging into the topic of the podcast, which is the go-go offense, which is an offense that you've created. Now, I think it's fair to say that the best way to describe this offense is innovative. It's, in this day and age, everything looks the same. Everyone's running the same sort of schemes, offensively and defensively, and this. At last uh, maybe decade or so, this has come out of the blue as a sort of exciting new way to run offense. Before we go into the actual offense itself, I wanted to get your opinion on whether creativity is something that coordinators, whether it's offense or defense or special teams, is that something they should engage with and try and pursue? Or is there uh, a danger of trying to reinvent the wheel? Um, I think, you know, you have two types of coaches and and there's no wrong or right way. I mean, however you win and take care of kids. I mean, that's, that's, that's your deal. Um, But for me, you know, there's two types of coaches, one to get the nice car and drive it. And then there's the ones who engineer the nice car and know all the interworkings of it and how to, if it breaks down, they know how to fix it. And for me, at my first 
year coaching, I really just drove Coach Malzahn's nice car that I learned from him, you know, and that was good because I had really good players, you know, and I had really good relationships with them and they would run through a wall for me and everything I said to do, they would do it a hundred percent. And a lot of those guys went on to go division one in football and some even went on to the next level. So that was, that was easy to, to drive that, you know, I didn't have to engineer anything. I just had to stay out the way, you know? So, but when I took over really, really bad programs that didn't have much success and didn't have much talent, I had to really learn how to run my own thing. And that's when I started engineering my own offense. And I think anytime football, it's kind of impossible to reinvent the wheel. Um, because if you really study the whole entire history of football, pretty much everything that you can do with 11 people on one side has been tried. Um, you know, I just took an old, an old schemes, old schemes that were from 1920, 1930, 1940, and I did it in a different way, you know? So, uh, my friend Dan Casey put out something. He said, this is a retro new style offense when he put out the go-go offense, right? When he, when he, when he, when I told him, yeah, you can start putting this stuff out to the world and da da da, you know, and people certain, a lot of people love the offense and a lot of people say, well, you, you copied that or you did this. And, and I didn't, I didn't copy anything. I took a picture of something and I turned it into an entire offense, you know? So yes, maybe someone who's lined up in a formation similar to ours, but they have not designed the entire offense around it. So our offense, the go-go offense now has, you know, where the backs line up side by side by the quarterback and shotgun that has turned into an entire, you know, 20 some formations, motion shifts, reverses, shot plays, drop back, quick game screens, runs, you know, a whole bunch of different things where it's not, you know, somebody might've lined up in it and ran one play and they go, well, we, we've been doing that. And well, no, you haven't. That's not your offense. That's just a, a, a play that you ran. You ran one play you know, you lined up that way and ran one play. This is not, that's not, doesn't determine an offense, you know? So we, we kind of hang our hats on the go-go offense. You know, that's, that's kind of the deal. And, and it was really just created out of desperation. Most great things are created out of desperation when you need to find some, some way to be different. If you're not going to be better than people with your players, then I think you have to find a way to be different. Um, you know, no matter what players you have on your team, whether they're good or bad, people expect you to win. And, you know, we were able to have winning offensive football, championship-style football with, with the go-go offense. You know, obviously, in FCS, we were ranked top in the country in a lot of things. You know, over the years, we were blessed to do that. Um, and, and not saying that we, we took players that people didn't want, and now people want those players, and they became All-Americans and All-Conference and, and the system. Um, but really, the system is, is personnel-driven player driven but it's also engineered to where the fact that now if something breaks down I know how to fix it um, because it's something that you know I created from the ground up sure and that leads us in nicely to in case any of the listeners aren't aware of the go-go offense or what what it means are you able to just give us sort of a high level introduction to what the go-go offense looks like and uh, what you're trying to achieve with this yeah so I kind of uh, got the confidence to, to come up with my own offense by having a coach like Coach Malzahn in college. He came from the high school level, 
um, went to Arkansas, then came to Tulsa and coached us, and he brought his high school offense to college and took the world by storm. And I saw over the last 12 years since I got playing, 12, 13 years, however many years it was, since 2007, um, how everybody has kind of copied his offense and tried to mirror his offense. So what I wanted to do is, is, is do my own thing as well. So I started out in 2012 and 13, I started thinking about how do I create my own offense? And I started putting the pieces together and walking through the steps and creating these steps with, with players and, and just thinking about it. In 2014, I was a high school head coach at Waynesboro High School. I got the job in 2013. The job started in 2014. I was 26, 27 at the time. Um, and basically, they were 0-10 the year before. The coach had got fired in the middle of the season. They were ranked the worst team in the state of Pennsylvania. And we were able to become the – I think we were the first or second offense in the, in the state uh, that first year and won, won the conference championship uh, running the offense. We averaged over 500 yards, close to 40 points per game um, with the same kids. It wasn't – you know, a lot of guys get a team and they get all these transfers and different players. Like, it was the same kids that were on the team the last year. Um, you know, so what it is, what the offense is, uh, when you break it down and say – uh, 20 personnel, 21 personnel, 22 personnel, 23 personnel style of offense. So there's two backs um, and a quarterback. Basically, we used a three-headed monster back there where all three of those guys can get the ball on any given play. So in all our runs, we can turn any single, every single run that we have into a triple option play. Um, so whether it's power, counter, um, outside zone, inside zone, Whatever it is, we can turn it into a triple option and we can hand the ball to either back. We can also move the quarterback sometimes and use the backs to run the option as well and have the quarterback be a pitch man. So now we can use all three guys back there to run the football. Whereas in 11 personnel, where you have a sniffer or an H back, he typically doesn't run the football. In our, uh, in our system, uh, the running back, all, all, everybody who's back there is available to get the football on any given play. So it captures the defense's, defense's eyes and makes them have to keep their eyes in the backfield, which gives, our, gives, our, gives us the ability to have a lot of vertical play action shots down the field. Uh, for me, for people who don't know, I set the NCAA record for yards per catch as a receiver, over 31 yards per catch. So I don't know why teams don't understand that I like to throw the ball deep. You know, I, I, I want to throw the ball deep down the field as many times as possible. Um, you know, and with the three-headed monster in the backfield, you give yourself the opportunity to do that. So we were blessed. We were, we, you know, we our quarterbacks usually are top in the country and throwing the ball deep down the field, you know, uh, yards per completion. And our receivers, same thing, yards per catch, getting the ball, driving the ball down the field. So that's kind of the go-go offense. And then you, you, you put that, you match that in with an up-tempo, aggressive style and you know a lot of the gadget trick plays different things that you put in there um, that's how you get the go-go offense and if any of the coaches that are listening by the end of this podcast are thinking I might give that a go I like the sound of that it sounds like the QBs and the two running backs are the spearheads of the the offense is that do you do anything in terms of uh, identifying the right kind of players to play that position, or is it a case of whoever wants to play running back and quarterback, they fit back there? Well, the last two guys that I had, I was I was really blessed that, that we had those guys because they were, you know, Kayla Newton, Cameron Newton's uh, Cam Newton's little brother, 
Um, he was a back-to-back All-American um, at Howard and, and really drove the ship. Um, and then the, the kid I had last year, uh, w- that we had last year at, at William & Mary, um, you know, he was, he was a stud, a kid we got who was a state championship winning quarterback. He was also a basketball player. He really understood, you know, you have to be a point guard, not a quarterback in the go-go offense. It's a little bit different than being a straight drop back, hand the ball off quarterback, because really what we do is we set the parameters and the settings of how we want things to work. And then we let the quarterback run the whole deal. So he'll get the play and then he'll read his keys and he's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of his deal. He's running the show, you know, as far as, you know, all the options and, and things that he has on each play, you know, so um, that's that the guy we're looking for has to be a great decision maker, has to be selfless and, you know, kind of has to be, you know, not, not, not like blazing fast. Obviously the goal is to, you know, find the next Michael Vicker, you know, Kyler Murray, a guy who can really, really run and has some wheels, Lamar Jackson, that type of guy. But, you know, the system has been successful with guys who couldn't run well, guys that, you know, and guys that, that could run, could run well. So it's, it's, it's really uh, driven off of what the quarterback can do the most. Uh, the running backs, you want both guys to be true tailbacks that want to run the ball. You just have to teach both of those guys that they are um, protecting each other and they have to block for the other back and, and do all the little things right. And, and anytime you tell running backs that, they get excited, you know. Uh, running backs both want to be in the game and, and, and imposing the will and, and scoring touchdowns and making big plays and, you know, catching the ball. We ask the running backs to do everything. You know, they're not one dimensional. They don't just get the ball right or, or just, you know, dive left, dive right. They actually, you know, they go out and catch passes. They block, they, they, they set each other up. They do a lot of different things for each other. So um, those are the things that kind of makes it unique, you know, and then, from a receiver standpoint, receivers love it because they're always one-on-one because the safety, right, if the safeties aren't in the box, typically we're going to rush for two, 300 yards on you, okay? And, you know, so you got to make sure you put the safeties down there in the box, and then that gives our receivers ultimately the one-on-one opportunities down the field. Sure. And one of the things you talk about in some of your presentations, and we, we talk we can share some of the details at the end of the podcast is the eight P's and we don't have a huge amount of time on the podcast for you to deep dive into every single one, but perhaps you could just give us a a quick overview of what you mean by the eight P's and how they're important to the go-go offense. Okay. Yeah. So what I talk about is, is kind of, um, you know, the pictures, right? You want to change the pictures, but run the same plays. So it's all about your presentation on how you can, you know, because pictures make the defense change, right? So what, what is the picture, right? We talk about uh, pictures equal formations, right? So how many times can you get them to adjust but then do the same thing, right? And not necessarily window dressing and, you know, all those things. Those are shifts and motions and, and that type of thing that kind of get keys and, re- and reads and stuff like that. I'm just talking about changing the initial picture. We want to. We want to change the initial picture of what we do, right? We want to gear it to our personnel. So we want to put the pictures that whatever pictures we put out there are geared to putting our best personnel on the field. So that's kind of the, how you get that, the, the puzzle piece of that. And then we want to put poison in there. Now we're talking about motion shifts, any type of poison that'll give the defense 
to tip their hand and give it away, right? We want to play with great pace, right? That's another one of the P's. We want to play with great pace. We want to dictate the terms. We want to go fast, right? We want to go as fast as possible, to, but other times we want to slow it down and make sure we're in the right play. You know, if it's, if it's third and eight and the game is on the line, we do not want to rush to mess up, right? We want to have, be very strategic in what we're doing, all right? So we control the pace, right? Um, how, we, how we change the plays, the plays are based on the players. Think players, not plays, right? When we change the plays. And, and those are just some of the P's that, you know, we talk about that, that really set the parameters for the offense. Um, you know, when you look at it that way, it really, it really breaks it down to the players and they understand those things. Um, and it's easy to show. Um, remember, I was a former high school coach and teacher and I've, I guinea pigged our offense with little league coaches and ran it with little league teams. So I really wanted to make sure they understood formations. Not everybody knows what the word formations means, but everybody knows what the word picture means. Everybody knows how to take a picture, you know, so that's, those are some of the P's that, you know, make up the go-go offense. Sure. Um, one of the questions I had that I really wanted to, to ask you was the go-go offense has been kind of, we talked about it earlier, being innovative and something different. And when you look at cut-ups of these really big explosive plays, it looks really exciting. But I'm keen to know whether you've had any challenges along the way in terms of running it, um, whether that's plays or personnel, whatever it may be. And what were some of the things that you did to overcome those challenges? Yeah, I think any time that you have a – you have to understand that this offense hasn't been ran at Alabama yet or or Oregon yet or Texas or, you know, somewhere where you have great, great personnel, the best of the best personnel that you can get. And it was still able to get the recognition and acclaim uh, that it has and the things that it has accomplished with 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 lesser personnel so I think anytime you're on a on a football field and you you have a a tactical operation anytime you're you know in combat with somebody it, it is going to be geared towards what your personnel can and can't do um, I think the go-go offense has given us great advantages against players that were better than the players that we had and we were able to go win games against teams that we shouldn't have won against because they couldn't figure out what we were doing you know but there's also times where you know, the players that we played were a lot better than us and we, we, we couldn't, you know, make up some of our deficiencies. So I think, you know, you have to always put in uh, that piece of it, you know, where a lot of people go, you know, oh, they struggled this game or they struggled that game. Well, you know, think about the games where we go have the biggest upset in college football history and we only had six offensive linemen and our right tackle was 220 pounds. 225 pounds and we ran for 300 yards you know we played fbs teams and had close to 700 yards of offense and you, you know with an fcs team you know so those are things where you have to look at you know you have to be able to sleep at night as a coach knowing that you gave them a great plan um you tried to maximize your personnel get the ball to the right guy and, and the right situations and 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 i'm able to sleep well at night just knowing that we were able to do a lot of great things with without having, you know, the greatest players. Like at William & Mary this year, we changed the rushing totals from 55 yards a game they rushed for in 2018 to 2019, close to 200 yards per game, right? That's drastic improvement 
you know, of just switching the offense and having the same exact players, you know, so that's, those are the things that you look at and go, okay, yeah, this thing drastically improves, you know, your, your offensive capabilities. Sure. And, and just bringing it to the, to the UK game and even the European game, coaches here have their players for maybe one or two practices a week and they're busy with work and studying other areas of their life. If a coach is listening, thinking, I want to install this, is that something you can do with one or two practices a week? Can, can you um, narrow down the entire offense into something a bit more simple? And um, what, what starting point do should coaches start with in terms of thinking about they want to install it, where do they start? That's the great thing about the book. If you go on football game plan and, and go get the book, um, what we did was we, we, we put it in a way that every coach in the country, if they go and get the book, they can engineer the offense themselves. It teaches you how to break down and engineer your own offense. It's not necessarily about all about the go-go offense and, you know, how many plays do we have and all this stuff. It teaches each coach how to have their own systematic approach to create their own offense. Because the one thing, like you said earlier in the podcast, that I was really struggling with in college football, and every time it's, it's, it's kind of hard to watch now, everybody runs the exact same thing. You know, and, it's, and that's okay, but the one thing that grew the game back in the day is the, you know, Don Coriel and Bill Walsh and all these guys who created their own Joe Gibbs that created their own offenses, you know, they made the game fun and why we love the game. And, you know, we're losing innovators because there's a lot of money in football and everybody just doesn't want to mess up and doesn't want to mess up their, 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 their contract and all those things where, you know, being innovative and being on the cutting edge, you know, will, will take you to, to the next level. Look at Cliff Kingsbury. He might not have won, you know, a championship, but him and, and Leach and those guys innovating the air raid and all those things, that's that's what's, you know, made them come up in, in, the, in the coaching ranks. You know, people want to see something different and something new. And I really challenge a lot of guys out there to create your own, own deal. But to answer your question, yes, I mean, the one thing about the offense is, like I told you, we did it with six and seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, um, I coached the, U, coached the USA football game, and we implemented, implemented the offense in three days, and then we played and scored 34 points, you know, in the, first, in the first half, you know, in three days with guys that we didn't know at all from a can of paint. They were from all over the country. And boom, we, me and the coaching staff, we put it together. At night, I taught them the offense. We, we taught the offense. We clinicked it with each other. And then we gave it to the kids the next day. And in three days, we scored 34 points and with kids we didn't even know. You know, so um, that's, the, that's one of the cool, unique things about the book. It actually teaches you how to engineer your own offense. I mean, if that isn't an incentive enough to, to install the offense, then I don't know what is. Um, just shifting gears slightly, you're at the University of Hawaii now. You're coaching the, uh, the wide receivers. Uh, what's the... What's it been like with the change from being a, an offensive coordinator for four or five years at the FCS level to now going back to being a positional coach, having your own room and being part of someone else's offense? Has that been a good change for you? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's, it's easy. Like I said, my whole life for me since I got into coaching and as, even as a player, as a former team captain and a, and a guy who helped turn around teams as a player, um, 
you know, it's it's all about the assist for me. Whatever the offense coordinator needs me to do and, and help him out with, you know, when, when he needs information from me, he's going to get pertinent information and, and things that help him, you know, shine as an offense coordinator and us as a team. Um, so I'm able to sit back and just embrace my role. Um, one of the things that for me is now, you know, I'm closer, a lot closer with the guys as I was when I was a position coach uh, previously because you only have, you know, a few guys, you know, where it's hard as an offense coordinator or head coach to get close with every single player because you have so many guys, you know. So as an offense coordinator, I had about probably 30 to 40 guys who loved me, you know, because they got to play and and they were always around me. And there was probably five to ten guys who didn't get a chance to play and were like, we probably don't like that guy, you know, because they didn't get a chance to play and they didn't spend a lot of time around me, um, you, you know, so – now I really get to have a one-on-one close relationship with every every single guy in my room because I don't have that many guys to keep up with. Um, so that's that's kind of been the change. Um, and, and I'm excited for it, you know, to be bumped up at the FBS level, you know, as a position coach. That's that's a great thing. Excellent. Um, we're going to start wrapping this up now uh, because I know you're busy and you've got things to do. Um, just one final question. Uh, you're coaching a wide receiver. Are there... Uh, do you have everyday drills that you like to hang your hat on that you want to work with your receivers on a regular basis? Uh, yes, we're we're going to build these guys up from their from their big toe to the to the top of their brain. I mean, we're going to break we're going to break every single thing down. We have an approach on how we do things every day, and it starts with your footwork. It goes up to your to your shins, your ankles, and your knees. It goes and then it goes to your hips, your shoulders, your head, your eyes. I mean, we're we're going to train them up all the way up the same way you would with a quarterback. We're going to do the same thing with a receiver. I like receivers to know the game the same way a quarterback does because when you have a receiver and a quarterback on the same page, that's when you have 1,000-yard receivers and all-American receivers and guys that can go on to the next level. So we're going to make sure that they really understand the game. They really are uh, fundamentally sound, and then their mentality is going to be what separates them um, because we talk about how you play without the football determines how much you love your teammates. And we're going to have guys that are selfless and they're guys that are going to be the insurance policy. Guys talk about receivers always being the diva and, and, you know, different from the group. Receivers are very hard position to play because you're out there for probably, you know, 70 to 80 plays and you only get about three to four opportunities. So you always want the football as a receiver, but you have to put yourself in a, in a situation where, um, you know, when, when we're called upon, when the game's on the line, they're always going to call the receivers. Tell receivers that all the time. When when it's when it's third and eight and the game's on the line, uh, we're not going to run dive. Typically, we're going to throw it a slant, a, a, a fade, uh, a stop route, and and you got to make the play. So we're the insurance policy for the team, and, and that's kind of what's going to separate uh, the receiver group. Brilliant. Thanks, Coach. Uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners will want to. Um, find out more information about the offense and perhaps uh, follow you on social media. Would you like to share your uh, social media handles and how they, details on how they can get hold of your, your material? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's very simple. It's, it's just my name. It's at uh, Brennan Marion, the number four. Um, and then you can go get the book, uh, football game plan, uh, com slash go, go offense. Uh, Emory Hunt did a great job with me, helping me, uh, write the book, author the book, and 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 publish it. Um, and then on Championship Productions, you you can find the the Go Go Offense videos that gives you some breakdowns and 
also the book is available there as well. Brilliant. Thanks, Coach. Uh, thank you for taking time to talk to us and hopefully we'll see you in the UK sometime soon and best of luck for the no, 2020 season. No doubt. Appreciate you, man. A huge thank you to Coach Brennan Marion for talking to us today. I encourage coaches to reach out to him to learn more about uh, the go-go offense and to consider purchasing his materials. Thank you again for listening and see you soon for another BAFCA coaching podcast episode. Thank you.